Jeff here. Thanks for listening. Go to playvolutionhq.com slash ccbag or click the link in the show notes for the show's archives, ways to connect, ways to support the show, information about happy hour, and more. Child Care Barn Girl Podcast, the world's longest running and most prolific early learning podcast. I'm Jeff Johnson coming to you from upstairs studio in the snuggery along the Gulf of Mexico from the wilds of Minnesota, Kristen Peterson. Hello. Doing, Kristen? Amazing. Good to see you. Good Good to see see you. you. So I got a, got a question I got to ask you. Um, okay. I, I've been asking others about this um, just to see. This is kind of a, a how well do you know Jeff? Oh, no. Kind of, kind of question. So, and of everybody I've asked so far, you know Jeff the best probably because the the other the others I've asked, I don't think we've have any any IRL experiences. So oh. I ordered I ordered a, a doormat the other day because mm-hmm. uh, all the neighbors have doormats and we don't have a doormat yet, and I was I felt like we weren't we weren't uh, living up to the the standard of the uh, yeah. of the area but i couldn't go out and get like a normal doormat that said something like <laughs> welcome because i mean nobody's welcome yeah. um that's not me and so i ordered a <laughs> custom one what would you think that jeff would have on a doormat um it would be like get the fuck off my doorstep <laughs> <laughs> a good one that's not what i went with but uh but uh okay no that that sounds that sounds that's fairly not. appropriate and and that's okay. that's kind of what uh everybody else says that's the basic theme i think uh <laughs> i think uh i think brett said go away um is what she thought i would have and yeah. uh carol was like uh no feds allowed because uh I don't want the uh, the federal government showing up and getting up in yeah. my shit. So oh. yeah, you're all you're all pretty accurate. Um, I can't tell you because it hasn't arrived yet. It's a mm. uh, it's a big secret. But but it wasn't anything like that. Um, because when I told Ta- I look, I ordered it without consulting Tasha. Um, but when I told her, she went, oh, oh, yeah. So uh, so I actually want something. A little bit more sweet and cuddly because uh on the outside i'm i'm gruff and curmudgeonly and on the inside i'm i'm warm nougat you're warm and you're a warm nougat nougat isn't nougat is something that's in candy bars right yeah i like nougat what is i don't exactly know what nougat is nougat's like what's inside a three musketeers or or it can be like what's inside um uh baby ruth mm, maybe i'm not warm nougat um maybe i'm i'm caramel mm, yeah huh, i don't know um so got a topic for you 
Mm -hmm. Um, the other day I reported with, uh, who did I record with, um, somebody else, uh, um, I, oh, it was with Carol and we were talking about, about opportunities and in there, I, I kind of mentioned that, that, uh, that maybe a different way of framing children's quote unquote behavior problems would to be to look at them as opportunities uh, instead of problems. And we Absolutely. we didn't in that episode, we never really got into into that discussion. And since I can't wait a month to pick up that discussion with Carol, um, I'm throwing it out to you. So <laughs> what do you think about behavior problems as opportunities? Okay. So um, in the beginning of my career of teaching young children, I would look Okay, so like behavior management was a thing, like classroom management, behavior management, and finding all the strategies to like stop the behaviors from happening because we had things to do and we had, you know, places to be and we had centers to do and all of the things. And so it was very much like managing, like trying to eliminate, oops, hold on. I don't know if you can hear that, but somebody's calling me. Um, we very much tried to eliminate behaviors completely through classroom management strategies and behavior management strategies. <laughs> um, but then I leaned more into play and started recognizing that children really don't want to misbehave, but they're just like misbehavior is them and misbehaviors as we label it as an adult um they are just trying to like tell you something they're trying to tell you hey like my needs aren't met here or hey this doesn't feel developmentally appropriate for me or hey like I don't like this environment right now it feels uncomfortable and I need something different and it's our job as like the adults in the room to like be detectives of that and figure out what are those needs that aren't being met? What are they trying to show me? It's like a form of communication. It can be a really annoying form of communication. Sure. But I think if we just like let go of like this need for children to just like, you know, be in control of children and how they act and show up in the world, we can like, I don't know, just be such a better space for children. So like if we yeah, see as if, be, like that as part of our, that's our job is to like help them through all of these things as behavior is like trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of why I like, I, I like playing around with this idea of, of seeing those, the, the, the way children's behavior manifests itself, things we often label as problems seeing those as as clues to carry on with your your detective idea um seeing those as clues for for finding finding um solutions and and ways of approaching things and finding figuring out what 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 information kids are actually sending us with with their behaviors because often their behavior means I'm tired or I'm hungry or this shirt itches or or you're asking me to do something I don't give two fucks about Absolutely. or or whatever it is and so instead of seeing this as a this is a behavior I have to stop and punish 
that that this is information and an opportunity to to find a solution or to change course or to revamp the environment. Absolutely. And punish. And I would also say an opportunity to punish or manipulate because I used to do that. I would try to like manipulate behaviors by like, oh, if you're good today and what three-year-old knows what good means, um, I will give you a sticker towards our class sticker chart for a pizza party when we get to the end. Like I did things like that. And those things happen all the time in classrooms all over the world. And so it's either like trying to control the behavior, stop the behavior, put a kibosh to it, punish it or manipulate without actually even trying to work through it. I think Carol and I got into this a little bit too. It's it a lot of time it's uh, it's almost emotional blackmail. Um, it's like oh, it makes me so sad when you do that. Uh, yes, we tell kids and 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 granted, you you may indeed be sad that uh, that uh, little little Blake decided he was going to to punch Rachel because because she wouldn't give him the green shovel. Um, you may may indeed be sad, but really that situation is more about what's going on with those two kids than it is about your adult feelings. Absolutely. And it's almost it should be right. And it can almost be seen as gaslighting in certain forms too. Like, oh, you're okay. You don't, yeah. you know, like putting, telling children they're okay when they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how do we go about catching ourselves in those situations? Because those situations, can, they can be stressful and annoying and frustrating for us as adults. And especially if we're, we're not taking care of ourselves um, and, and we're tired or anxious or frustrated or don't want to be there that day, um, we, we fall back into into look we're not we don't we don't we don't operate at our best in those situations we follow back into old routines and old habits and so how do we catch ourselves when when somebody is having a emotionally charged experience and instead of turning towards punishment or shaming or whatever it is and and turn towards seeing that as an opportunity and moving forward like that. Well, I think the first thing for me was just, um, so when you can let go of all of those transitions and like, we need to do this at this time and we need to make sure that we have centers and circle time and like this very rigid structured day, when you can like let children play instead of doing all of those things, I feel like, as the adult, you're already calmed down a lot because you're not stressed trying to get children to do the next thing over and over and over again all day long. You can like release some of that need to just keep pushing through. So I feel like that's the first thing is to like eliminate some of those things if you can. And then you have more time to work through things with children. And yes, it's still going to be frustrating because being that detective of what their needs are, what they're trying to communicate to you, like that's a lot of trial and error on our part. But the longer that you do it and the longer that you're in that 
world and in that classroom or in that space, in that environment, the easier it'll get because you can kind of start to see patterns over time. Um, so I would say that's like the biggest thing is to like let children play more and then recognize that your biggest part of your job is to be that detective of those needs that they're trying to communicate to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then in that add? moment, in that moment where, where um, somebody's having, having a meltdown because they, mm. they didn't get the, get the green shovel or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, creating a little bit of space for reflection before mm. you react is I think, I think really important. This is, you know, the whole thing and I've talked about this before um, the whole idea of, Hey, take a breath is, is a good idea because that creates some space because look, most things that happen, we don't have to react fucking right this minute. Um, yeah. We can, we can pause, we can pause for a second. And, and that deep breath, uh, there's actually research about this. A very specific kind of breath is the best kind of breath to take. Um, yeah. And they, they call it the phys a physiological sigh. And so the breath you take when you're before reacting to to that situation to kind of clear your head is 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 really it's two quick inhales and then a long exhale, two quick inhales through the through the nose and a long exhale through the mouth is the physiological side. So it's. Oh. That's the physiological side. And, and what the, the, the research apparently says is that um, that's, that's the best way to put the most oxygen into, oh, oh boy, I just did it and my brain feels so <laughs> oxygenated. That's the best way to put the most oxygen into your brain in, in that tiny little bit of time. And, and, and so not only does it oxygenate your brain, which helps you be a better thinker, but it creates a little bit of space between you and that situation and keeps you from, from just reacting, which might be grabbing the kid by the shoulder and doing the fast walk or scolding them and sending them to time out or using your angry teacher voice or whatever it is. It kind of prevents you from doing those those emotional reactions and helps you helps you step back. And then I think the next thing would be to to take after you're taking that taking that breath is to look at the situation and say, okay, what's the opportunity here? Mm -hmm. Is this an opportunity mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. me to help? I can't remember the name I gave the imaginary kid. Um, we'll go with Seth now. Um, we can't, yeah. we can't, is this an opportunity for me to step back and let Seth figure out how to get the shovel back himself? Does he have those skills? Can he go over there and use his words and, and talk to Becky and get his shovel back? Is this an opportunity for, for me to, to, um, reflect on what his day has been like? What did his mom tell, tell us about, uh, about how his weekend had been before he dropped, before she dropped the kid off this morning? Is he, is he hungry? Is he one of those kids that gets hungry 20 minutes before snack time? And this problem goes away if we get some, some carbs into him, um, or what, or what it is. And, and instead of looking for, for how do I punish this kid or how do I just make the situation stop so we can get on with our lesson? How do I turn this into an opportunity for somebody to learn something or to have a, a positive emotional experience? Absolutely. Cause that's what they're there for is to learn. And 
we, they're not learning anything if we punish or like yeah. make them sit in a chair to think about it. Rest your heart. What? <laughs> One of the teachers at the school that I founded would use that. Rest your heart. You need to go sit at the table and rest your heart for a minute. What does that mean? I don't know. And I'm sure the child didn't know either. Um, like, rest your heart. It was just a basically a, a nice way of putting a child in timeout. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna add that to my list of <laughs> things we call timeout. Um <laughs> rest, your, rest heart. your heart. Um okay. <laughs> feel like my heart is doing okay um let me let me go play um so how were you how was how was look no, i can't imagine that Kristen, child Kristen, ever behaved badly i'm sure you were a perfect little angel and uh, maybe once in a while you got in trouble yeah. for something what did that yeah. look like uh, what did that look like? Um, I mean, let's see. I don't know that I ever, I, I remember getting in trouble a couple times, like in, um, in child, like when I was in preschool, I got in trouble once because I actually like took a toy home and then I brought it back because I felt so guilty. And I told the teacher on myself that I did that. And then she was very, very disappointed in me. And I remember that. Um, I don't think I ever what, got like punished for it though. What was the, do you remember what the toy was? I, no, I don't know. But I remember the feelings that I had about taking it and then returning it and how nervous I was. And then like it carried with me, like I'm 43 and I still remember those, like still remember that. And then the other time that I know I got in trouble was because I told on myself again, I was a fifth grader and I didn't do my homework. Oh. And the, the teacher asked who read the passage or whatever last night for homework. And I didn't raise my hand and everybody, you know, like me and my BFF, both of us just decided we weren't going to do our homework because play was more important and, um, you know, running around the neighborhood on our bikes and whatnot. And then we, we didn't raise our hands, neither of us. And we got in trouble for not doing that. And I had to like miss recess. Oh no. Because I had to do my homework. And I remember it so vividly, but that's like the only time I ever got in trouble at school. At home, I don't remember getting in trouble a ton at home ever. I remember that my sisters and I all collectively did something we weren't supposed to do. My dad came after us with a wooden spoon and I was the last one up the steps. So I'm the only one because he was like making us go up to room and he ran after us with a wooden spoon and I was the last one up the steps. So I was the only one who got a SWAT. Oh, that's not. And I was traumatized because A, I had never been swatted with anything and B, I was the only one who got swatted. And he never swatted us again. Well, that's, that's nice. But, uh, did you, I mean, were your sisters like, uh, ha ha ha? No, uh, I think we were all so stunned. I could say, sure. you know, my dad didn't stop and take a breath and he was just reacting how his parents react, sure. like how he was punished when he was uh -huh. a kid. And after that happened, he apologized and said, yeah. I will never do that again. I didn't 
I wasn't thinking I didn't mean to, it was a reaction. Uh-huh. And he never did. So, yeah. And I mean, that's, that stuff happens because life is complicated and messy and emotionally challenging. And what, what bad thing did you and your evil sisters do? I don't know. Well, okay. So I was actually a really, really good kid. I still, I didn't take risks. I was like, I'm going to be like the perfect child because my older sister was so naughty um, and my, the, like, my parents just, their hands were full with her. Um, and so my younger sister and I were, we just like, didn't do anything to get in trouble ever. Um, because she was such a handful. Like, so we had a nanny one summer. Okay. And I don't know if I've ever told you this, but my childhood nanny went on to become a stripper. <laughs> um, a guy. Okay. His name was Daniel. Um, and he, <laughs> so like, he was our nanny uh, for a couple summers when I was younger. And my older sister, she was just, oh, she was so naughty. She didn't, he didn't, he did something that she didn't like one day. She took the riding lawnmower and full speed ran it into the side of his car. She was so naughty. That how how old? Uh, she would have had to have been so that was probably like when I was a third grader. She was a fifth grader. That's that's mm-hmm. uh that's um it, 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 has she continued that behavior as an adult? Has she has she driven any um, more lawnmowers into people's cars? No, but she um she's done a few things she um yeah i don't know how much i want to reveal but at one point she kicked a cock a cock i mean she kicked that but she kicked a kicked a cop in the balls okay yeah Uh uh-huh and then she got of course taken into i don't know like that was when she was in college Uh uh-huh well, Kristen's sister, if you happen to be listening to this episode, do you want to come on and defend yourself? She um, won't. She'll be like, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> she won't. She'll like not remember on purpose. Like, because like <laughs> my younger sister, I'll bring up things that she did at certain uh-huh. times. And she'll be like, I don't remember that. Yeah, sure. She doesn't. Well, maybe she was, uh, she was altered and maybe she doesn't remember. Um, I don't know. Now she's a helicopter mom. Uh, call it college girl kicking a cop. Maybe, maybe there was some drinking going on or something. I don't think so. She was sober and she ended up having to go to a mental hospital for a few days after that. Okay. Um, (laughs) moving on just in case Kristen has shared too much. Um, I think the kind of, I think most of my trouble when I was a kid, um, and it's hard to imagine was mouth based. Um, I, I I think I was a probably a pretty good kid in my youngest years. And then we start getting closer to puberty and then into puberty and beyond. And my mouth is what mostly got me in trouble. Um because I I I have opinions about things and I usually share them and <laughs> not always at the not right you. times and so mm-hmm. i i got and i think mostly i got uh it was getting sent to my room and and those kind of things although there were 
there were some spankings and and it would have really been nice thinking back on it if if somebody would have paused and looked for opportunities to to think hey what's up with this kid because you know a lot of time it was me asking for attention or me trying to exert some power or control and and steps more productive steps probably could have been taken to deal with the situation and they weren't but you know that's just the way life is I guess well yeah and the thing is is like we all do the best as adults as we can with the tools that we have sure really and like I mean but the interesting thing is is a lot of time we know about tools we just don't put it into practice because it takes a lot more work to like to change the cycle Sure, because because our our human willpower only goes so far, and once it's depleted, it's depleted until it's recharged, and it takes a lot of willpower to to pause and thoughtfully decide how you're going to react to something. Um, and so this is why I, I think self care becomes such a important part of early learning behavior management because when you have adults. Who are who are actually making sure that their own needs are met, so they have a a reserve of emotional energy during their time with children. Uh, they're going to make better choices, more thoughtful choices. They're going to going to be able to pause and think about the opportunities. Because another thing, not only not only do we need to look at what's the opportunity to do such and such with the kid, we need to stop and look at at what's What's my opportunity here to manage my own behavior? Mm, yeah. I do do I need to chase the kids up the stairs with the wooden spoon? Do I need to spend the mouthy kid to his room after yelling at him? Or I do I need to kind of reflect on on what's going on with that kid? Um, those kind of things. And look, self-reflection is a is a pain in the ass. It's easier. It's easier to scold the kid and send him to time out or send him yeah. to their room or to yell. Yeah. Um, because when we start self-reflecting, then we got to think about changing ourselves. And that's a, that's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess, I guess I'm wrong. Maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> I mean, life is stressful enough. Why not? Just Why? I do all that reflection and 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 uh, and 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 inward looking. Well, it feels better. Does it? It feels better in after you've done that to like know that you're actually like helping children instead of just like continuing the cycle of what you grew up with. Sure, and and look, your dad paused and reflected after the fact yeah which is which is something a lot of adults don't do no. or it, it takes a while for it to happen and and he looked for the opportunity to to apologize to you and and change his behavior after that yeah. mm -hmm. and so what I, I guess the only thing I'm pushing for is is seeing opportunities to do that pausing and reflecting prescriptively before prophylactically I think is the correct word before before the action instead of instead word. of afterward mm, yeah that's a big word I don't think I've heard that before prophylactic it sounds like a medicine like that you would take to poop <laughs> prophylactic 
It's like a probiotic, but it's not. A, it's a it's a preventative. That's why they call <laughs> condoms prophylactics. It's a preventative. Oh. Um, oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This has been Vocabulary Corner at the Child Care Bar and Grill. Um, <laughs> any other behavior thoughts before we wrap up? No, I just think that uh, one of the biggest things, too, is connection. A lot of times children are seeking connection because they're missing that. And a lot of times, sometimes behaviors can be attributed to them just seeking connection with another human being. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. that. So, hey, listeners, not only are we wrapping up this episode, we're wrapping up 2023. This is going to be the last episode of the year. Oh, I hope MJ. your new year gets off to a, a delightful start. And, uh, you know, that you, you look for, you look for opportunities in 2024. Um, and hey, Anybody, look, any listeners out there who've been keeping track of my deadlifting, uh, deadlifted 425 pounds the other Whoa! day, feeling, feeling good about it, going to hit gonna hit 500 pounds in 2024, mark my words. This has been the Child Care Bar and Grill podcast, the world's longest running and most prolific early learning podcast that wants you to look for opportunities. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh my God, you lifted that much? This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.